Hello again, Dwayne Drummond here with Allie Alvarigo, SchoolOwnerTalk.com. Allie, good to be with you on our podcast today. Yeah, yeah, it is always good to be here. It's a Monday morning by me. The weather is a little chilly. I woke up this morning, it was 61 degrees. Uh, it's kind of bumming me out a little because, uh, you know, the summer just is quickly being snapped away from me, which I, I love my pool and I love my yard and I love just hanging outside. And um, But uh, I woke up this morning and it's almost like the reality, like you're back back into it. Right, you know, you're back into yeah. school and the whole nine. Just get a big space heater, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, um, the, the the winter equals money out of my pocket because I have oil heat, hot air oil heat, and baseboard oil heat. So, like, it's just we just literally can see, like, dollar bills. I'd be better off getting a can and throwing dollar bills in it. It just takes forever to heat my buildings and keep it warm. So I look at, um, you know, this time of year as a real cash uh, cash hound and takes takes a lot of money out of my pocket. So it's always a little depressing when you know you got to spend money and you don't need to or you wouldn't have to if you had other means. But that's the way it goes. So I get a little a little frustrated with that. But anyway, we, we you were could chatting. Put a, you could always put a wood-burning stove in. You could always put a wood-burning stove in. Right? Yeah, not in my house, though. My, my, I'm talking about my buildings. My house is good. No, I know. I know you are. Yeah, but uh, I wish I could get solar and, and uh, for my building, but commercial solar is so expensive. They don't do the same leasing packages like I did on my home which is incredible. I mean, I, I literally just, you know, business-wise, we always talk business, but I literally went from a $400 bill for electric in the summer to having the solar panels and only costing me $140, $110 for the lease, $30 for my electric. So it's saving me a fortune. Just the investment is paying itself back like four times over. It's really, really awesome. So if anyone's ever thinking of solar, I suggest looking into it. It's a very, very good way of saving money, and that money you could put into other things. So anyway, we were talking, Dwayne. You, you, we had, you had a great quote before. Um, you didn't know the, give me the exact quote, but it was about um, about what? I thought it was an unbelievable quote and great for our topic today. Yeah, it's um, you know the question is are you are you fighting not to lose or are you fighting to win? And from the outset, when you see somebody that's you know again whether it's fighting physically in the octagon or in the jujitsu ring or whatever. Uh, you just see the fight, but sometimes we don't understand the motivation behind the fight. And that's where, even in business, that's, that's the most important thing is, you know, having the right motivation in that fight or having the right um, philosophy behind that motivation in that fight. So, again, the question is, as a school owner, are you fighting uh, not, to, not to lose or are you fighting to win and and I believe that there's a huge uh, a huge difference between the two and and kind of what I mean is you know when we first started our school you know I had these grandiose plans and uh, you know like in the industry you you meet people and we've talked about this before where it's they, they ask you know how many students do you have and then that was the most important thing and we all know as business owners now um, at least I would say the majority of us is it's not the uh, amount of students, you know, walking around saying I have 300 students or whatever. Uh, it's really the gross revenue, and then there, and then even breaking it down further, it's the net revenue that's the the, the important thing. 
but when I first started, you know, I was I was fighting to win, and right. um, I was fighting to make sure that you know I could do this full time, and then you know I was fighting to make sure that. I could make a decent living at it. And then I was fighting to make sure now my head, head instructor, who's a full-time employee for me um, and has been, I don't know now, maybe for five years or, or more, but I was fighting for him to win, you know, to make sure that our school could support two of us, that type of thing. Right. right. And we have to be careful as school owners <clears throat> that we, when we, it, you know, when and if we get on top, and I hold my quote fingers, uh, you know, when and if we get on top that we, that we don't start to get complacent in our lives and in our business because then other, um, you know, other things happen where it, whether it's other schools that open, whether it's the current schools that start to become, um, a little more savvy in how they do things. And you, then, you know, that your mindset doesn't shift that now I have to, well, I got to fight not to lose, not to lose my share of 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 the the population of the potential martial arts, you know, students in my in my area. And I think that that's a a big deal. You know, I I've talked to school owners. You you've talked to school owners. We've even helped. I don't know about you, but I, I mean, I have even. And this doesn't sound good for me to say this, but it's real. I've even tried to help school owners that have went out of business. And, you know, part of the problem is that their philosophy was they were fighting not to lose. They were fighting not to lose as opposed to fighting to win. And that negative connotation or that negative cloud that has circled over them um, has a a big impact on them, you know. And so, you know, again, it didn't sound good for me to say, you know, I've coached people that have went out of business – but it's so true that when you have that mindset that you're fighting to not lose, and we've all seen that, right? We've seen that in some of the uh, best UFC matches where the winner that's on top doesn't want to lose, and they end up losing. And the the motivation that was behind the person that you know, beat them was that, well, they, they, they wanted to fight to win. They wanted that belt or what have you, or they wanted the bragging rights to say that I beat so-and-so. Um, and if you look at, you know, this is our our era, right, Rocky. <laughs> you look at Rocky, you know, the, the times that Rocky won was the times that he was fighting to, to win. It wasn't that he wasn't fighting not to lose. He was fighting to win. And I know I keep saying that phrase over and over again, but and I want to allow you to speak about it too. But I just think it's important for us as school owners to understand that this it's a fight to win. It's you know not to you know it isn't our goal to put somebody else out of business. That's that's not it at all. But we should have our niche, we should have our brand, and we should fight to win in that arena. Yeah, and you know what? I'll, I'll put it in a little bit different perspective too. And, and it's funny when you were mentioning that, I immediately thought of Rocky. You know, and um, because remember, um, I think it was Rocky three where he had, you know, he won all the fights, he beat all the guys, he became rich. He had a Lamborghini, he had a robot. He bought Paulie, his brother-in-law, a robot for fun, and 
he didn't have that Eye of the Tiger anymore, right? And then, of course, the song, The Eye of the Tiger, was the soundtrack to the movie he went back to finally after he's realizing that he, you know, he couldn't fight the way he used to because he lost his drive. And a lot of times for business owners, we, you know, we get burnt out and we lose our drive. And I remember, you know, even I have to admit it, I mean, I've been doing this for 25 years this coming November, and I'm not as driven as I used to be. I'm still pretty damn driven, though, which is kind of amazing to people. They get shocked at how much I work and how into it I am. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm not like I was when I was in my 20s and my early 30s. I, you know, I used to work from 9.30 in the morning to 9.30 at night every single every single day, Monday through Saturday. I mean, I lived, breathed, you know, ate the dojo and the business, and all of that stuff really created me to excel beyond. And then, you know, now I'm a little complacent, so I have my employees do it. I might not do everything, and I, I've learned to delegate and and that was a whole that was a whole other system uh you know that I had to take on and and change my personality to learn to be better a uh, better at delegating and less micromanaging and starting to recognize people and their qualities and so on so um that's important but one thing that I like about this learning uh you know learning not to fight to you know to win uh, and you know or fighting you know not to lose the the difference in my eyes the way I see it is like sometimes you just do what you got to do. Like in other words, uh, an employee may fight not to not to lose lose their job. I'm holding up my quote finger, so they'll do the bare minimum. They will even probably go a little bit above and beyond. However, they don't have, and what most entrepreneurs might say, those employees that are just going to get the paycheck every day, they don't have that passion that takes them and propels them to heights beyond whatever they could have maybe imagined, right? And that's the fight to win, right? The other one is the fight not to lose. Keep your job, do a good job, do a little bit better job than what everyone else is doing. You know, give it your all, but don't give it your everything, right? And that's the difference between that. Uh, does that make sense? It makes it makes perfect sense. And I guess the, the, the next thing is, you know, as – as the owner of the school, how how do you translate, you know, that intrinsically into your employees so that they're fighting to win uh, as opposed to fighting to lose? And not necessarily their job per se, uh, although that's true, but just so that the business collectively wins because when the business wins, then everybody else wins, not just the employees and the owner, but even the students and the parents and whatnot. Um, yeah, I have you know, to be honest. You Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, how would you say that that happens? And you're going to say? Yeah, and I was going to say, I said, I've been uh, working on that for my entire life of running a business, right? I, back to the day when I was a landscape company, uh, you know, all the way through um, to now, you know, 2016, 25 years of running one school, 18 years of running another school, always being commercially successful, you know, making a good living. I made, I've made tens of millions of dollars. Um, you know, I don't have tens of a millions of dollars in my bank account, but I've made probably, you know, $20 million, $30 million over the course of the last 25 years um, gross revenue, right? You know, so, uh, but anyway, maybe $20 million. I don't know about $30 million, but, um, but anyway, long story short is to get those team members to really feel invested or vested in the company, um, and that they believe that it's a part of what they do for themselves versus what they're doing for a company. Like I just put up on my Facebook page, it was a really great video 
Um, I'm not sure if we could share it because if someone else shared it, um, but it, if we could find the video on YouTube, maybe it would be great. It's about a football coach from a, from a, a movie, and he has all of his kids sitting sideline, and he says, oh, you have to do whatever. And the kid says, well, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it, coach. The, you know, we, gotta, we can't beat that team. They've won every one of their games and blah, blah, blah. And he's like the captain of the team. So he then takes the kid, and he says, I want you to do me a favor. Can you trust in me? And the guy says, yes. So he blindfolds him. He says, get down on your you know, hands and knees into like a bear crawl position. And he says, I'm going to put so-and-so on your back, and you have to make it to the 50-yard line. He says, a 50-yard line, I barely can make it to the 30. So he says, will you trust me? And he said, yes, and he blindfolds him. And then the rest of the video, the next two minutes, is the coach just yelling at him, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. And the kid, you know, he can't see, so he's just listening to the coach motivate him, and he passes the 30, and then he passes the 50, and then he's on his way further and further. And the guy's like, my arms are burning. He's like, 30 more steps, you know. And then finally the kid, he gets him going, and the kid makes it to the end zone and falls. And he says, you did it. He goes, I did it. I made it to the 30. He says, take off your blindfold. And you made it all the way to the end zone. And then, you know, it was, uh, he goes, you did that with a 140-pound man on your back. And then the one kid who was on his back goes, I'm 160 pounds, coach. He goes, you see, <laughs> he even did better. He even did better than you thought, you know. So it's really all about mentorship, right, and sometimes trusting. Here's the thing. Um, I like that you and I are the kind of people that will motivate others to succeed. And we'll share our mistakes with other people, you know, to help them grow. However, sometimes there are a lot of school owners out there that don't, they don't have motivators. They don't have coaches. So they're basically doing it all on their own. It's not the definition of insanity because they're not doing the same thing over and over again, technically, um, you know, and expecting a different result. They're just in it and they're just doing their thing, right? They're not, they don't have somebody to say, hey, if you just, you know, did it this way, slightly different, the results would, and the guy would be like, oh, wow, that makes sense. Let me try that. And boom, now he's got different results. So for us, that, the, to be in it, to, to fight to win versus fighting not to lose and just get by, I honestly think that probably about 80% of the population, they're just fighting to just get by. They're fighting not to lose, but they're not really excelling. Like so many people, right, Dwayne? I mean, how many people did you say, you know, well, you got to do this? Yeah, well, I don't have the time. But if you did this, you'd have more time. Yeah, but I can't find the time. I don't have the money. All I have is a pocket full of excuses, right? So we ask ourselves, how do we get people like that out of their funk and be able to fight to win for themselves? That's the big question. What do you think? No, I, I agree. And with, <clears throat> I know one thing that, that uh, you know, I, I believe that a leader should do, and unless this is what I do in our school, is one, you should have – um, a vision of, you know, or the uh, the vision of your school, but then the purpose, the driving purpose that that vision, um, you know, is derived from. And then you make sure that your staff knows what that vision is and you pick the right individuals that are going to support and even enhance that vision. You know, so for instance, we even had a, um, we do weekly staff meetings and in our weekly staff meeting this past Friday, um, and I do them. I know some schools do them on Monday. I think you do them on Mondays. Um, I do mine on. You know, we, yeah, we do ours on Fridays just because I personally I like to recap what happened in the week uh, before we start talking about the next week and then other things. But anyways, uh, one of our staff members um, had pulled out 
And, and now she started with us when she was an adult going to college. She had already had some uh, previous martial arts experience. And so we started her like I think two years into our program, uh, mm-hmm. you know, level-wise because she already had experience. Well, now, I mean, she, she had pulled out a, a, a good job card that she had gotten from our adult head instructor and it probably she probably got it within the I don't know what she said maybe the first month uh, of her you know starting with us and she's kept it that long and she had, the reason she brought it up in the meeting was because you know she wanted to bring up the fact of you know re reemphasize or refocus us on what our purpose was and you know how it how how even just that <clears throat> just that good job card meant to her as an adult. So think about how much more it means, not just for the other adults too, but, you know, the kids that we have in our program and what our real purpose is with that. And and it was nice to hear her restate our purpose, um, you know, from her perspective, which gave me the opportunity to be able to listen to her and make sure that we're, you know, her and I are both on the same page, but then everybody else to to get refocused in on it. And and I think that's, you know, then when you do that, then your team is fighting to win, to have the school and, and, and the school and its philosophy and its vision, which can be an entity of itself. You know, if you think of it, if you would label it as a person, you know, call it Bob, right? You know, that way Bob succeeds and everybody is doing their part so that Bob wins the fight. Um, because when Bob wins the fight, Everybody, it's a trickle effect. Everybody on down wins the fight as well. And so, you know, fighting to uh, not lose more than likely is going to make you lose. And, and you know, those couple of school owners that I've talked about uh, before, unfortunately, that, you know, I've tried to coach and their schools have shut down, you know, part of the, the, the mindset from that is, and I get it, you know, when you're that far behind and when you're that much in debt, uh, it, it's really hard to have the mindset of fighting to win when all you feel like is happening in your life is, is lost. Well, what is it? What is the saying, Dwayne, in spirituality, whether it be religion, Christianity, or Buddhism, the old saying is uh, to look at life through the eyes of abundance rather than scarcity, right? And I... I that is a hard concept because what happens when when you have the mindset of scarcity, you tend to hoard everything that you have, whether it be um, you know uh, uh, your goodwill, uh, your money, extra food on the table, you know whatever it may be, you know your time, you hoard your time, and this is where in our world, and I don't know if you've seen this, Dwayne, over the last 15 years evolve, but just in general, human nature has, has become so busy with so limited time, they tend to hoard their time, and in re- real re- results are like, hey, I can't make it to your event, I'm really busy that day, when in reality, they'll be home sitting and watching their TV, they're hoarding their time, and they're, they're missing their opportunities because from, we, we look at it from scarcity, right? Rather than going, yeah, I could run over there and spend an hour. You know, like, like the other day I said, oh, I could, I could either do my paint night at my dojo fundraiser or I could stay home and let them do the paint night and I could sit by my pool. But you know what I did, which is really cool? I went to the paint night, went to food shop, and we cooked a great meal and ate it by the pool. So I did it all because I have the mindset of abundance, right? 
And a lot of school owners operate, you, you know, school owners that you and I work with that are on the verge of closing down. I don't have the money to market. I don't have the money to hire someone. I don't have the, you know, not always do they have to have money. They basically just got to put in the time. And that's the missing element, the missing entity that most people don't realize is that the old saying is time is money. The new saying is time is life. But really, time is free. Time doesn't cost you anything other than what your value is. So if you're not succeeding, your cost of time is zero dollars. When you become rich Pretty and close to it. Yeah, right, exactly, right? And when, but you, when you're rich and successful and people demand your time and they will pay for it, now your time becomes worth, like for example, a private lesson to teach you if your school, if you're maybe like not that great of a teacher or maybe you're a lower ranked student, it may be $50 an hour. But for a higher ranked second degree black belt, 75 for a master instructor like I don't I don't do private lessons unless people pay me three to four hundred dollars an hour and I will only do them with most celebrities that I know that ask me to do privates really my it's not about I know my value don't get me wrong but it's more like uh, I'm trying to push people away to get them to do it with my instructors because I'd rather be sitting home relaxing rather than taking up that hour of time unless it's going to benefit me that much right and so again um, the, the mentality is now you take your time. You, you know, you, Gene Simmons from the band Kiss, he said, if you work 60 hours a week, um, you're just trying to work to get by. He says, if you work 100 hours a week, you're working to succeed. And he had a really great way of breaking it down on his TV show, and I'm not going to go into that, but it was just interesting at how he broke down time. And he said, if you just spend 10 hours a week more and you made $20 an hour, that's $200 a week more, that's $800 a month, that's $10,000 a year. If you take that $10,000 and you put it in the bank at even a small rate of interest, maybe it turns into 11000 He said, but if you sit home and you don't do the extra 10 hours, you're $11,000 poor. So it's your choice. Put in the time or don't, right? Does that make sense? It, well, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's just, I get it. It's hard <clears throat> to, when when you've been beaten down and when things just aren't going your way and it's a rainy day every day um, right. and when it, when it feels like the world is crashing in on you, that's, that's where you are fighting to, uh, to not lose. Um, but, but some way, somehow you have to get this spark of hope to understand that, uh, you know, if I fight from that type of mindset, I will lose, you know, what you focus on will expand. And when you focus on, you know, not losing, not losing, not losing, you know, what is, what is the providing or the prevailing word in that sentence? Lose. Right. Right. And it, it needs to be from the standpoint that I'm, I'm fighting to win, I'm fighting to win, I'm fighting to win, because the prevailing word in that sentence is the word win. And, again, when you see the fight from the outside, at least the majority of the time, you just see the fight not the motivation right. that's behind. And right. we and, and that's where you kind of hit on the subject where uh activity doesn't necessarily e you know equal accomplishment. We are so right. busy doing activities that we're not accomplishing anything and that's where it boils down to what is the philosophy of your school, you know, and what is it what is it that you want for your school and from your school? And sometimes uh, sometimes it's easier to find, you know, figure out what it is that you don't want first so you can narrow down what it is that you want. And that's okay because not all right. of us really have that, you know, pinpointed 
this is exactly what I want type thing. And so you have to kind of chisel some of the uh, the rocks away to, uh, to to know what it is that you do want, for, uh, mm-hmm. or excuse me, don't want for your school in order to figure out what it is that you want. But some way, some somehow, you've got to get inspired either through, you know, mentor, mentors, <laughs> um, you know, so singular or plural, books, uh, audio, uh, I was going to say cassette tapes, but that shows my age, but, <laughs> you know, audio material. Uh, I, I like what Zig Ziglar used to say where he says, you know, you know, it's great. You know, I have people come up to me all the time saying that, uh, you know, when I'm down and out, I, I pop in your tape and I listen to it and it reinvigorates me and motivates me. And he says, that's all well and good, but you, but you should continue to listen when you're up. Don't right. just listen to me when you're, when you're down. Um, right. So, so the, 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 the crux of this whole call, I believe, at least from my opinion and from my viewpoint is that, you know, if you're a school owner that, is just fighting to not lose. You really need to come up with a way, and it's usually from an outside source. You know, um, Zig Ziglar again talks of, talks about that motivation is not permanent, but neither is bathing. And right. so, uh, you know, yes, do you bathe yourself? But you have an outside source. You have that water that's coming in from outside that you know helping you bathe. And so you need that outside source or sources to help you see things maybe in a different light. Um, I, I don't know. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree 100%. I mean, when I was my most motivated, gung-ho, coming up in the world kind of person, I basically was like all I did was go to Tony Robbins, Brian Tracy, Deepak Chopra, Bob Alexander, um, Rob Kiyosaki seminars, and anybody and everybody that I could go and learn from. I was in the constant pursuit mindset of learning, and I would read 25 to 35 books a year, Um, And it just created this mindset that I had where I was constantly on a thirst for knowledge and improvement. It's very easy to get in a rut and be, and I don't even say a rut, maybe it's just very easy to get into a routine. In fact, some of my, my program managers fall into a routine. They know what they're supposed to do every single day. So they do it. They sit down in the chair like robotically they do it. When in, and then they forget one thing one day and the next day and the next day. All of a sudden they forgot they ever had to do it. You know, they're in a routine. And we get that way too, you know, as owners. You know, we wake up, we have our coffee, we go to the school, we sit in our desk, we do the norm, right? Sometimes like that's why I love having my meetings with you. Um, even the listeners didn't hear it, but before we started the chat, I was venting about how annoyed I was at my demo team parents and how they pissed me off and how I yelled at them all. And, you know, and then I talked about another employee that's trying to go out on his own, you know, an old one actually though. And, uh, you know, you and you helped me just by listening and having someone to talk to and, you know, ideas and, you know, that empathy. Um, I think school owners are lost without it. I think that's an important thing. That's why I kind of, I love our program and I'm not trying to sell it, but the Next Level School Owners Club is growing by leaps and bounds right now. And people are joining and they're liking it because they're around like-minded people. They're listening to the different lesson plans. They're learning about marketing and getting some outside of the box ways of thinking. It just creates this open opportunity for them. I think it's pretty cool and it's super inexpensive. So it's not like it costs them an arm and a leg. Anyone can afford it. So, um, but anyway, I, I think that that's awesome, and I love having that opportunity to chat with you. Well, and I was going to shamefully plug your 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 book because uh, you know it, it, the second gateway you talk about deciding to be happy, and 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 
Um, and for those of you that don't know, don't know, Allie has a new book out called The Five Gateways to Happiness. Um, and, and the second gateway, you know, is deciding on being happy. And, and it's really, it, it is, it's, it's a decision. I was just at a wedding this past weekend for a cousin of mine, and uh, the, the, the pastor was talking about that, you know, uh, love is, is, is a decision. Love is a commitment. Love is not necessarily a feeling. It is, you know, it's, it's more than just a feeling. It's, it's, I decide, I'm going to decide to love this person no matter what. Um, right. And, and that's where you, we have to, as school owners, decide, you know what, I'm going to fight to win no matter what. I'm going to have this winning mentality. I'm going to feed myself these winning uh, thoughts from uh, a mentor or mentors or books and, and audio tapes and, and things that Ali spoke about. Um, so, and I think we're, you know, kind of no, – but- <laughs> By the way, thank you for plugging my book. And if, by the way, whoever's listening right now, it's still free. Um, you know, I don't know if that's a good business model, but I just really, my goal this year was to change the world a little. And so I made my decision to make this book free to whoever wants the book. The only thing is you have to pay is shipping and handling so it doesn't cost me money. Um, I'm even paying for the cost of the book. So you're just paying shipping and handling so my staff member could wrap it up and ship it out. Um, so I'll give you the link, Dwayne, if you want. We can put it up on the thing. But there's also another book that I wrote, and I'm not going to try to sell this one, although it's a phenomenal book called the it's a, a Martial Art Business 101. But the, the reason why I'm bringing this book up is because at one point in the book, and I forget whatever chapter it was, I really literally listed what I did by the minute. And I took like three or four of the days in my life and I listed like, okay, woke up at 7.20, did this, did that, and then I listed what I got done in a day. And people were amazed when that book first came out about like, oh my God, how do you get all that stuff done in a day? And it was really nothing more than learning to be, have, have goals in mind, um, knowing ahead of time what I need to do so I could get right to it. And number three was learning how to delegate and learning how to execute, which we also, you and I talk about all the time, that, that execution gap where people don't know how to get from the goal and the, the great idea and even the desire and want to do and actually do it and get it done. And that's what we do when you and I coach people. I know that I do that too. I'm all, but I have to tell you, there are a lot of people that I literally will fight with. I had a, two clients of mine that I, it took me almost two and a half years, almost three years on one, to get their financial numbers in order, like to really know what they're paying, what it costs them, um, you know, what they're making, and so on. It took me, because I think sometimes people are afraid to look at those numbers, so they put them off, or they think of, the, and, and these two particular clients always thought of something more important that would take precedence over those things, because psychologically they didn't realize they were doing it, but they were putting off the inevitable because they were afraid of what they would see. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah, no, well, it is. It's a fear, and I... And- I want to tell you that uh, uh, it's on it, what you spoke about in Chapter 2 uh, of your book on page 40. Oh, which is it, uh, Martial Art Business 101? Yep, yep, yep. I just When you were speaking about it, I pulled it off my shelf because I, I wanted to let the listeners know that it was on, it's in Chapter 2 on page 40 if people have your book and they um, are interested in actually, you know, rereading that portion. Or maybe they got your book and never read it in the first place. How many times have we done that, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Or just glance through it. So it's got a lot of nice ideas. I'm going to get around to it, um, and I'll read that book. My whole life will change, or I'll listen to that audio tape. So it goes back to 
um, execution. And, you know, it, it goes back to your saying, you know, the quote that you said. I mean, it's just so important, you know. Are we out there to just survive? Are we just getting by? Are we doing a little bit better? Or are we like those driven, insane, um, you know, uh, athletes? Or, you know, I have to say, and I'm not, I don't want to talk politics, but I'm shocked at how much Donald Trump can do. I forget about what he's doing. I just, when I watch him, he's, he's in like, you know, South Carolina in the morning. He's in, you know, wherever else, Georgia in the afternoon. He flies on his jet to Florida in the evening. I mean, I'm exhausted just reading his schedule. I wish I had the energy of that 70-year-old guy or whatever. He's 69 yeah. or 70. Like, I can't imagine yeah. Yeah. what he does. I'm like, holy. But that's kind of cool. If he does win presidency, maybe that's all he'll do. He'll be addicted to the, to the country like he was addicted to his companies. I mean, that's what, you know, that's interesting to me, and that's how I was with my business, and I still am, and I know you are. We, you know, we think of things in our sleep. We think of things while we're in the shower. We're, you know, you and I are out to dinner. We're talking business. We're on the phone. We're learning. I mean, that's what it takes to succeed, and, you know, if you're not that kind of person, you've got to train yourself to be that kind of person, and if you're not, you better do the next step is hire someone to be like that for you, or just get a job working for someone like Dwayne and I, and we'll, we'll utilize your talents that way, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, but, yeah, and you need people like that. I mean, every business needs the right people in the right places. Um, Absolutely. But the, the number one thing is you as the leader, as the captain of the ship, um, need to be fighting to win for your business and then communicating what that win looks like to all the rest of your staff with your, your philosophy and vision for your business. So um, with that being said, I just want to remind everybody that, um, you know, feel free to share uh, this, uh, this podcast. If you want to subscribe to it, you can go to uh, schoolownertalk.com. We have links there for uh, you to be able to subscribe to that via iTunes and or your Android device. Lastly, we do have um, – some uh, webinars that are coming up so you can go to their free webinars but you can go to schoolownertalk.com and get information on all of those webinars that are there Allie thanks a lot for uh, being on this podcast my friend absolutely pleasure